The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Book of the Dead. Ghost in the Xbox from Hannah. I guess I should start out by saying the paranormal has always been a pretty big part of my life. My father is super into ghosts and ghost stories, while my mother is a skeptic who tends to see everything from a rational light. My father and I have connected over our love of all things ghostly. We watched Ghost Hunters when it used to be on sci-fi, and I've shown him a couple of YouTubers I love to watch who also hunt for ghosts and cryptids. Now, my parents recently purchased a new house at the end of April into early May. Due to some life changes that my husband and I hadn't planned on, we ended up moving in with them. It's a two-story home that was built in the early 2000s here in one of the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. My parents live downstairs, and my husband and I live upstairs, on the second floor. I haven't really had any experiences in any of the other houses I've lived. I was born in New York, and the house I was raised in was built for my parents. Even after we moved to Georgia and stayed in a house that someone had died in, I really had never experienced anything supernatural. That is, until my husband and I moved into this new house in May. We had already moved in and settled into our upstairs living quarters. Our upstairs living space consists of two bedrooms that are connected by a Jack and Jill bathroom. One bedroom is our living room where our sound system, TV, Xbox, computers, everything, are stored, and the other is our sleeping quarters. One night after we had finished watching TV for the evening, we turned off all the electronics. My husband went to lay down in bed while I started to get ready to sleep. All of a sudden, I heard the chime for the Xbox turn on. Now, the way our TV and sound system are set up, if the Xbox turns on, the receiver for our sound system would also turn on. I peeked out from around the corner of the bathroom to see that the Xbox had in fact been turned on, but nothing else had. I asked my husband if he had connected his phone to the Xbox somehow, but he told me he hadn't. It's an Xbox One, so the only way you can turn it on is by either touching the touch-sensitive power button on the front, connecting your phone, or by using a controller to turn it on. Thinking it was a bit strange, I went into the living room, turned on the TV, and used the controller to turn the Xbox off. Once everything had been turned off again, I went into our bedroom and sat down next to my husband on his side of the bed. I had just pulled out my phone to check on my Facebook, when clear as day I heard someone whisper, Sorry, into my ear. Now, I was a bit surprised by hearing someone apologize to me, but I wasn't afraid. I tend to hear sounds that make me think my husband is talking to me anyway. Low grumbles, I can't really figure out what they're saying. But I always ask my husband if he said something, to which he usually replies, no. But this, this was far too clear for it to be one of those moments. So, as per usual, I asked my husband if he had said sorry, to which he quickly replied, no. Since then, nothing extraordinary has happened. I told the spirit that I don't mind if it would like to stick around, just don't do any of that spooky shit and we'll all get along. I do feel something hanging around every now and again, but it never feels negative. Curious, maybe, but never negative. I have felt something hanging out in the corner of our bedroom that felt like it was watching, 
but when I asked it kindly not to watch me sleep and to leave our bedroom, it went away. My Shadow Person From Melanie Growing up, I had a crazy childhood that had lots of drama and heartache before being adopted by my grandparents, who were wonderful and so kind. Our home was fairly religious, going to church on Sundays and other church-related activities throughout the week. Everything was normal and pretty vanilla till I was about 16, when I started to rebel a little bit with my music and literature, and the people I was hanging out with. My grandparents had decided to take a mini-vacation for a weekend and left me home. My cousins lived next door, so if I needed anything, I would just pop over to their house. Nothing happened till Sunday afternoon. They were going to be home soon, so I was wandering around the house putting things away so it would be tidy when they got home. I was walking down the hall to my room, which was past the master bedroom, when out of the corner of my eye I saw a very tall man standing in my grandparents' room. He was all black or dark gray, and he was just standing there looking at me. It happened so fast I wasn't even sure I saw anything, so I jokingly mentioned it when everyone was home and said, oh hey, the house is haunted, I saw a ghost in grandma's room. No one laughed, and my grandma looked at me dead serious and said, well, if you weren't listening to devil music or reading devil books, that wouldn't happen. I felt like this was out of character. She usually would have believed me or asked questions, but looking back, I think she really didn't know what to do with that statement. So I let it go. A couple of weeks went by without incident. Then one night I woke up in the middle of the night for no reason. It must have been around three. I always slept with my door closed because the AC blew down the hall right to my room. But the door was open and there was a black shadow of a man standing in the doorframe. Now, there weren't any manly features, but the energy I felt was manly. He just stood there for a second looking at me. I was too scared to even move, so I just laid in bed. He was gone soon, but it felt like forever. I didn't say anything about it to my family given their reaction the last time. Then the same thing happened a few nights later. I woke up in the middle of the night. He was standing in the open doorframe. This time I squeezed my eyes shut tight, hoping he would leave, but he didn't. I felt him brush up against my bed and touch my shoulder. I was terrified and was unable to move, but it was gone right after that. I slept with the light on that night. This went on for a while. Mostly I would see him out of the corner of my eye in the bedroom side of the house, or he would appear in my doorway. He never touched me again. About a year later, I graduated high school and moved to another state to go to school. I moved in with my mother, who I hadn't lived with since I was about six or seven. I sort of thought I wouldn't see my creepy visitor anymore since I was moving over eight hours away, but almost as soon as we had gotten settled in, I saw him one night in the kitchen. My mom and I had gotten into a huge, horrible fight, and we went to bed right after. I got out of bed from trying to sleep and went to the kitchen to get some water. From my room, I could see into the kitchen from a little pass-through, and there was nothing there. But when I actually walked into the kitchen, he was standing right by the sink, just looking at me. I said something to him along the lines of, You can't be here. My mom won't like it. And he disappeared. I saw him a few times in that apartment, but never full-on again till I moved in with my boyfriend. After I met my boyfriend, now husband, I only saw him once more. We had recently gotten engaged and moved in together. We were in bed for the night, and I looked at the doorway, and there he was, all black and no features, just standing there. He didn't move closer or 
move at all. I blinked, and he was gone. After that, I didn't see him ever again, and it's been a long time. And while every visit was scary and unexpected, I wasn't scared of him or it. And the visit wasn't ever long. I have no idea what or who it could be. The Mansion, from Angela. This story goes back approximately 15 years and occurred in a 100-year-old Victorian mansion that was turned into a business office in a suburb of Los Angeles. The mansion had four floors, basement, main floor, a third floor with six bedrooms and two bathrooms, and a fourth floor that previously served as an attic, but now had a few small rooms with a fourth floor bathroom. The occurrences took place on all floors, and each of the staff had their own experiences while working there. All the bedrooms were used as offices, which accommodated one to two workers. Along the walls on the second floor were large bookcases filled with books. One evening, my brother was working on a deadline and had to work late into the night. His door was closed, and he was the only one in that room, or in the house for that matter. All of a sudden, he heard these loud thuds in succession, as if someone was throwing down each of the bookcases with all the books crashing to the floor. My brother came rushing out of his office, but... Everything was oddly intact, as if nothing had happened. This would occur a couple more times before my brother had had enough and just rushed out of the building. On another evening, he found himself working late once again. At the bottom of the stairs, there happened to be a motion detector that looked like a frog. Whenever anyone passed the motion detector, the frog would say, Ribbit. This was placed near the foot of the stairs by one of my brother's co-workers because they thought it was funny and cute. While my brother was working upstairs, he heard the frog say, Ribbit. My brother ran out and shouted downstairs, thinking that one of his co-workers had returned, but no one replied. My brother then went back into his office to continue working. Once again, he heard the frog say, Ribbit. Then repeatedly, over and over. Finally, he ran downstairs and removed the batteries from the motion detector. The next day, he related his experience to a couple of his co-workers. They then decided to test the motion detector to determine if it was just faulty. First, they walked past the frog, which elicited a ribbit. They did this a number of times to verify, and each time it worked. Then they rolled a small ball in front of the frog, and nothing happened. Then they passed other light objects in front of the frog, which garnered zero response. It was only when someone walked in front of the frog that the motion detector made a sound. Another co-worker happened to work late one evening and reported that she heard someone walking up and down the stairs, but every time she ventured out of her office, no one was there. She thought that perhaps she was just imagining the heavy footsteps and attributed it to just being tired. However, shortly after someone happened to whisper her name in one ear, and when she turned her head, a masculine voice whispered her name in the other ear, and she'd had enough. She left the mansion right away. Due to the shortage of storage area upstairs, all of the bulk office supplies were kept in the downstairs basement. The basement was large, dark, cold, and contained only two small wall lights for the entire area. To say it was the creepiest part of the house was an understatement. Whenever anyone ventured down its stairs, an immediate heavy feeling could be felt along with the sensation that you were not alone. At times, the two light bulbs that provided light would either flicker at the same time or flicker one after the other, 
and sometimes would turn off completely on their own. The bulbs had been replaced multiple times, and an electrician had verified that there weren't any problems with the wiring. One evening, the group decided to get some dinner after work and planned to carpool to the restaurant. The last of the co-workers had forgotten something in her office and needed to go retrieve it. Her office had been on the fourth floor, and after getting what she needed, she decided to use the restroom before leaving. While washing her hands, she had an odd feeling that someone was standing behind her. When she looked up in the mirror, she could see the shower curtains behind her move, as if someone was hiding behind them. The window in the bathroom was completely shut, and so she couldn't blame the wind. So she moved the curtains back, and there was no one there. Feeling spooked, she wanted to leave immediately, but when she turned the doorknob to let herself out, the door appeared to be locked from the outside. At this point, she was getting very anxious, because the door wouldn't budge no matter how much effort she used, and the lock was on the inside. Finally, one of her co-workers got concerned that she was taking a while and ran upstairs to find her. She was shouting frantically that she was locked in the bathroom, yet her co-worker was able to turn the doorknob with ease to let her out. Some of the rooms in the mansion were being renovated to accommodate additional employees. A construction worker had discovered children's toys hidden in one of the walls as he was trying to pull cable and found it odd that anyone would place toys in a wall, but he didn't give it a second thought. After painting the room, the construction worker left for lunch, and when he got back, he was amazed to see a child's footprint stamped all over the walls, the ceilings, and the floor, as if a child had just walked barefoot over all the wet paint, completely unaffected by gravity. One day, all personnel were congregated on the first floor for a staff meeting. As the director began talking, he was interrupted by the sound of what appeared to be heavy walking from someone with either a peg leg or who was using a cane. Additionally, the staff heard the sound of someone running and jumping hard on the floorboards up above. These two supernatural occurrences prompted each of the staff to report their paranormal experience to their director, who finally was of the opinion that a new office location might be the answer for his employees' concern for their own well-being. Within a few weeks, the company was acquired by a competitor, and a decision was made to vacate the mansion and join their new colleagues at the company's headquarters. My brother and a few of his co-workers were curious as to the history of the home and contacted City Hall. It turned out that the mansion was once a private home, and years later it was converted to a small hotel-slash-brothel, where several deaths had been recorded. This was also verified by one of the local university's paranormal department, who informed my brother that he was not the first to report paranormal activity, and that the paranormal team had been called out three times in the last ten years to investigate and hopefully rid the home of its ghostly tenants. After all the furniture and office belongings were moved out, my brother and fellow co-workers returned one evening with a Ouija board, determined to communicate with the mansion's ghosts. They were able to communicate with a male ghost by the name of John, who confirmed that he had died in the house when it served as a brothel, in a fight with another patron. He also confirmed he was not alone. Before they could extract additional information, the group encountered another spirit, who seemed darker, and not as forthcoming. This particular spirit seemed so malevolent that the group decided to discontinue their session and not communicate anymore. Eventually, the property was sold to a family who planned to turn it into a home. Whether or not the real estate agent was aware of and or disclosed any of the reported hauntings is unknown, but this experience certainly confirmed my brother's belief in the paranormal.
Book of the Dead is a Ghost Story Guys production, narrated by Brennan Store. For access to the entire Book of the Dead archive, ad-free, head to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys.